Hello and welcome to I'm Not Doing This Without Alcohol. My name is Denise Ferguson from Fine Surveyors and today I'm here with Alex Chisnell. Hi Alex, how are you? I'm really good, thank you for having me. Awesome, so what is your business called and what do you do? Our business is called Podpreneur and essentially we make podcasts for entrepreneurs. You also have your own podcast though, don't you? So what's your podcast called? Yeah, so my podcast is called Screw It, Just Do It, and um, it will be five years since I recorded my first interviews in January, and we're just coming up to episode 400 the week before Christmas, I think. <laughs> wow, so which one came first, the chicken or the egg? Were you already in the podcast industry, or did you have your podcast and then start the business? Um, there's a story there, which I won't which I won't go into other than I was working for Virgin Startup, Richard Branson's not-for-profit business, helping entrepreneurs get funding and mentoring. And I went to them with a proposal to launch a podcast for them. And there was just so much. I think someone like Virgin would be really forward thinking and decisions would get made really quickly. And it literally took them, three months to say yes and it took 24 people to listen to it to approve it and it literally went virgin startup uh, virgin.com uh, virgin pr virgin group all on a friday I had four phone calls and they literally just gave me so many things that i had to change that i literally decided to screw it just do it and do it myself and call it my own podcast with a bit of a nod to my former boss richard with the title um so it was it was that that came first the podcast and then I just get kept getting asked by so many people to help them with their podcast that I thought do you know what I think I know a few things about this now let's actually um start my own business let's reverse that a virgin startup because it just got too difficult to actually help the entrepreneurs we were there to, to help because it was government-backed funding so more red tape on more red tape so I exited out of that, launched the agency, um, and that was two years ago, just gone. Wow. Uh, yeah, I um, used to advise the government on their property portfolio, so red tape and decision-making um, that chains is something that I'm very, very familiar with. And the stress of it all and the... Uh, when you've worked in you know private practice or you know a private company and you can see how quick decisions need to be made in business mm -hmm. and then you see the way the government do it I understand that you know there has to be a paper trail and there has to be a decision making process but it is literal literal insanity isn't it it is and you we would go through like some people's applications would literally take months and months and months and months and then it would be a no and there was like no recompense, that was it. That was absolutely it. And there was no like second bite at the cherry and it was just just too frustrating. And then they did, every year they would tweak it and they would make it harder and harder and harder. And they would cut the amount of money available, et cetera. So in the end I was like, do you know what? This is just not what I signed up for. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely got like that at the end, I think. When there was big wins and you were helping people, it was amazing. But when it was Absolutely. bureaucracy after bureaucracy, it was just soul destroying. So, mm. so running your own business then, that must have felt like a big thing. Was this the first business that you've ever run? No, it wasn't. I was When I was working for Virgin Startup, that actually by accident turned into my own business in that 
I started as a, as a mentor, then a part-time business advisor, then a full-time business advisor, and then unbeknown to me, um, one of my, the guy who's the head of funding actually said to me, did you know that they've just sent a, a letter to the board to say that you're the first advisor to raise a million pounds in funding and help a hundred entrepreneurs start their businesses? I was like, no, no one told me anything. Um, but then the CEO came to me and she said, how do you like the idea of taking over a bunch of our regions for us? We're going to focus on London and you're going to become a delivery partner for us. So you would, we would essentially find the entrepreneurs who want funding, give them to you, you would work with them, and then you would feed that application back through us, back to the government. So I saw a massive opportunity to actually scale my own business and started recruiting my own business advisors for that. Um, and prior to that, in a, in a previous iteration, um, I had my own business, which was... Um, uh, I, I basically left Virgin Atlantic after 16 and a half years um, and I retrained as a personal trainer and then I specialized in sports injury, sports injuries and I ended up um, starting a sports injury clinic and then um, scaling that to one in Bournemouth, one in Sandbanks in Poole and a couple of kind of satellite clinics as well till I eventually lost my mojo for that. But um, yeah, so this is probably iteration three, I guess. Yeah. So what is it about podcasts that makes you excited? What, where, where does the passion come from in that? Because it doesn't sound like there was like that audio experience in any of your other parts of your business. Yeah, funnily enough, it, it's, I only thought of this this year. It's, it's like I've come full circle in that when I left uni, and it was kind of a standard path in this country at the time. I was doing like an English and history degree. Um, I was going to become a journalist, sat the exams for uh, NUJ, National Union of Journalists. And at the time I was hosting a hospital radio show because that was the only way you could break into main radio. And I ended up getting my first job after uni at BBC Radio Wales in Cardiff, where, where I'm from. Um, but I literally left after six months when the opportunity came up to go and work for Virgin and essentially to travel the world for free and it was as close a lifestyle to being a student as you, you, you could imagine really everything was kind of done for you so yeah that's where the audio part came from and um yeah and what excites me about it I, I mean for me when I started my podcast it was to get access to people who I wanted to speak to like when some of my first interviews like Richard Reed, the founder of Innocent, Ted Baker the founder sorry Ray Kelvin the founder of Ted Baker you know billion dollar business and I just thought wow can't believe these people are saying yes you know not in normal life how would I ever get access to these people and it was just that power of the podcast to actually meet up see people face to face like this who, who for me had done incredible things in in their lives and I get to ask them how, how they did that and for me, I, I still get enjoyment from that. And I, you know, I learn so much for that. That's what still keeps me going is, is, is the learning and the connecting. Um, and then now more so than that, it's seeing other people get the same enjoyment that I did by, by launching their podcast for them. You know, they, they, you know, that initial enthusiasm and you know, they're going to go through um, that standard reaction of, oh my God, I didn't realise there was so much to launching a podcast. I thought I just interviewed people and then, and then it went live and you're like, no, our, our process is about 68 different 
bits to it and every year you add more to it but you know the end result I think is um well for me it changed it you know it did literally change my life because I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if I hadn't started my own podcast and I wouldn't have met these incredible people and you know some of them are now really good friends of mine I mean tomorrow Piers Linney former Dragon's Den investor was meant to be coming down for the weekend until he got COVID and he had to cancel so you know things like that would never have happened in my in my real life so it's super cool yeah I find that fascinating we speak to each other every single day on um, Clubhouse and I know (laughs) and the people we speak to and have access to just blows my mind Um, and I think that has given me permission to ask more and more people to come on my podcast whereas before you know I didn't want to bother people I felt like I was kind of you know intruding on people and it's only you know speaking to people every day on an audio platform that makes me realize that people want to speak about their message people want to tell you what they do and why they do it not in a kind of egotistical way either I mean yes you get people like that and you you know we we both know the characters on Clubhouse that do that every (laughs) single day but oh yeah oh yeah but there's also people that it is um, a sense of really helping, like really kind of getting to the people that need help and knowing that their message of how nothing was linear, it was, you know, the roller coaster really kind of does bring people up. And I don't think, even though I've been doing the podcast for two years, I've been on Clubhouse for 11 months, I think I'd appreciated how much the storytelling meant until I was doing it every day because I really see the correlation between podcasting and clubhousing every day because the you can hear people's emotions you can feel the sense of their story when you listen to their podcast or them on clubhouse way more than you can ever get that sense from the written word for me is that how it felt to you too 100 percent. and and you know I'm the same with with video really um and I just, I just feel you, you get that tonality with audio. And I used to, I used to blog funnily enough, you know, my first business, I literally wrote a blog every single week and with the purpose that, um, you know, it was old style SEO WordPress with your keywords in there designed to get you to the top of Google for all of the searches. So ours was like, you know, sports injury, for example, personal trainer, and it worked and you saw, every every one of your competitors give up before they got to like week eight or week nine because it was like oh I've got to do this every week you know um and for me now I blogs don't do anything for me um I'm not I'm not a visual person I don't think I very much learn through audio and I just feel you, you feel like you know that person um with the tonality in their voice you can hear the emotion like you say um and it just feels intimate even though you know for those who haven't been on clubhouse but you you look at that phone and you see all these um pictures these profile pictures these thumbnails of people on a phone you were like wow there's literally like 50 100 people listening at the same time and you know you could hear a you could hear a pin drop you know um and i find it i do find it fascinating how that has literally exploded because the last couple of years, people I've interviewed like Stephen Bartlett, who's about to become the youngest dragon, Rob Moore, Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast, they've all been saying, you know, is audio going to be the next social media platform? And then boom, you know, just over 11 months ago, maybe Clubhouse came along and then now pretty much every single social media platform has an audio aspect to it. And you're like, well, what took them so bloody long? Because podcasts have been around since something like 2004. Radio has been around since the 
the 50s or before that even wireless certainly has been with the world wars communication and stuff so it's, it's mad how it's taken so long isn't it but it's and it's definitely been the pandemic that's fueled that people at home looking to be entertained looking to be educated um off work you know had a friend off work for vision like furloughed for 12 months for crying out loud i mean wow. people are looking for ways to um to entertain and be educated and connect i think that's the biggest thing isn't it we've talked about this before denise but the, the connection i think was what people were were looking for because they couldn't go to the pub go to the park etc etc so it's it definitely feels like this is i don't know someone was saying to me someone in, in america they were like this feels like we're in about year four when you compare it to blogging on a 10-year journey oh, absolutely like, interesting thing to say isn't it yeah absolutely the traject trajectory never say that word properly that's the word i was looking for yeah, yeah. that one of um of people's the know like and trust journey i know that's such a wanky thing to say but it, it mm. really is important but that the trajectory of that on Clubhouse was completely expedited. Mm. It it definitely gave people the sense of who people really were. Like I, we've never seen each other physically move on, you know, it together. Or but we speak to each other all the time. You know, mm. this doesn't feel weird to me because I already know your voice. I know your mannerisms. I know the way you speak. I know the things that are important to you. And you know, and and you know the things that you when you will jump in and when you won't jump in that you know you're, you're kind and your your harsh side too not in a bad way and mm. and you know the, the way that I speak and you know that you know I'll help people but I, I don't suffer fools very lightly and yeah, all of yeah. those you know idiosyncrasies of our personalities even though we've never you know physically seen each other or even spoke on camera before but when we got on camera it was completely natural because we had already had that you don't get that when you're messaging backwards and forwards on a social media platform. And before this, it would have to be a kind of face-to-face -face meeting or a networking or something like that, which was much more difficult. I think it has given people permission to be themselves behind a, behind a barrier of, you know, still a social media, but get their personality through much faster. Yeah, it's literally like I probably saw you yesterday in the coffee shop, like when yeah. we just jumped on there. Hilarious, isn't it? Hilarious. Amen. But it, <laughs> but it's brilliant, and I think especially for it's people amazing. who who have a kind of, I always talk about the fact that my business completely changed when I changed it from trying to find clients to trying to help more people, and yeah. that is a massive difference on Clubhouse too. Because you know I'll go into various different rooms because I you know I, I work in the beauty industry. I don't just go into beauty industry rooms. I'll go into your clubhouse, your um, podcast rooms. I'll go into rooms about business, marketing, anything like that. Because if you've been in business for as long as we have, you've always got something to say and someone that you can help. And you don't feel like you have to be pigeonholed into your expertise because there's, there's always somebody who's a couple of steps behind you that you can help and you can pull up. But there's always a couple of people, a couple of steps ahead of you too, that you can get so much Correct. knowledge from too, which mm. is fascinating. Um, back to podcasting though. What, what kind of podcasts do you find yourself listening to? Or, you, or are you like me where you have mood podcasts? <laughs> Good question. Um, so, I mean, my favourite podcast, which is the one that got me to actually launch my own shows, How I Built This, NPR with, with, with Guy Raz, which was, you know, interviewing um, 
people who yeah entrepreneurs who literally you know, like for example like the founders of uber airbnb patagonia you know billion pound businesses which ultimately was the reason that i got bored with that show it's because it was literally and i thought i could do something different because a lot of those people had um you know retired 20 years ago and you're like yeah some of those lessons are for all time but equally you built that business before social media before the internet thing things have changed dramatically so that that was my favorite but equally i would um i would listen to i love like tony robbins's podcast for for example i have like set podcasts that i would listen to um for sure stephen bartlett's um you know diary of a ceo i've started listening to more i used to listen to that um as well so yeah it depends i would i would say you're right it depends what mood i'm in i definitely listen to more podcasts when i commuted and now I've gone back to working from home. I haven't taken the office back up, although I am kind of playing around with that at the moment. And I've just started going to London from here in Bournemouth um, on a regular basis again, which I didn't do before. So I think people's behavior is changing again. Um, but yeah, I think they say like the average person listens to like six to eight podcasts a week. So I think, if you're launching a new podcast, you literally need to elbow someone else's out because they're not just going to add it and listen to a ninth and a tenth. And it's, you know, it's not really like that. No, I need one to have sparked something in me for me to continue to listen to them. Like I've, I, I would, I will start downloading one that someone's recommended. And if it hasn't kind of kept me entertained for long enough, whether or not it's business or or pleasure or, or whatever it is, the reason I'm listening to, if it, if it hasn't kind of kept me going, then it gets shelved after a little while. But I, I definitely have ones that I have for different reasons and different moods, which I, I really love. And I think if you're into podcasts, then that's kind of what you like. And I, I always have one on when I'm going to sleep. So definitely, yeah, that's my, that's definitely my thing. I like to listen to something as I'm falling asleep. So I love that. Yeah. In terms of your business, though, what types of podcasts do you niche into? Is there a specific kind of genre that makes you happy to work with? Uh, that's, that's a really good question because it's something that I, when we started, um, I naturally thought that it would be FMB focused, like food and drink, food and beverage focused, just because uh, a huge percentage of the businesses, the biggest percentage of businesses we helped at Virgin Startup was food and beverage by 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 default i guess a lot of the people i interviewed for my show because of my network were from that industry as well and a lot of them didn't have a podcast were interested in having a podcast but i literally was then getting approached from and this is how varied it is like the biggest zoo in western europe to the biggest office space provider uh in europe um from an iced coffee brand to now this week going to London to work with people who are on Netflix show, people who've got an MTV TV show, Love Island, things like that. And, and then I'm pitching to the British Business Bank last week for a podcast. And it's just like, all right, don't niche down. You don't need to niche down just now. Shelve that because I think that's what keeps me interested is, is the variety. Like if I was just doing banking podcasts, for example, yeah, that would you know shoot me now but um that's it's definitely the, the, the variety of it and you know not clearly not everyone should have a podcast but i think there's enough different types of 
um, entrepreneurs and brands out there who would like to have a podcast for very different reasons that, um, that keep me interested, keep me entertained and keep me sane. It's interesting you say that. I was going to ask if you think that there's a podcast in everyone. And part of my business, I have a mastermind, genius mastermind, where I help other businesses that have nothing to do with the beauty industry. And they always ask me, do you think I should do a podcast? And not, literally nine out of 10 times, I say no. And which is interesting because on Clubhouse, I'm the other way around. Like nine out of 10 times, I say you should have a podcast because for different businesses it kind of works but I think the people that I work with I'm trying to get their business nailed before they get swept up on yes. all of the other things not that I did it the right way around you know I taught myself yeah. with a million different things to do before I kind of you know got into the tunnel vision thing but I, I do think that there might be in time a podcast in everyone but I think you have to I, I think it's easy for us because we appreciate how much time it takes Whereas other people who haven't done it yet think that it's just like super easy. They do. And, and I also think you, you need to pick your medium, don't you? And so, some people, I think this is more of a, something that's happened in the last 18 months or so, but people will start a podcast with a view that it will actually be um, focused on videos. So the, the primary reason is that it will go out on YouTube, for example, um, but they call it a podcast and you can also find it on Spotify, Apple, et cetera. You know, I, I've also worked with a fair few brands where it's clearly a tick, tick box exercise, you know, and I think you're right. Those are the people who don't really, you know, need a podcast um, or they don't get it in that. For me, you know, you, you get people talking, you know, one of the first questions I ever, I, I get asked is how can I make money from this? How do I monetize it? And, you know, for me, if, if, if you know, if you're an entrepreneur, you, you, you haven't got access to, say, a really targeted, engaged audience or a large audience, for example, where you could easily get a, a brand partnership or a sponsor, then it's, you know, use that opportunity to actually speak to the people who you would like to work with as clients. Ultimately, you know, use that to uh, win them over so that by the end of that conversation they they know like and trust you and they know the products or services that, that you provide and boom you're there you you know their pain points you know what they're struggling with if you've asked the right questions of course and you can either provide them with a solution or you can still position yourself as the expert through your network and go oh yeah well you want to speak to alex he makes podcasts you want to speak to you want to speak to denise if you're you're struggling in your business so for me that's i think the the probably the biggest Thing that people are missing when it when it comes to wanting to launch a podcast and then actioning it yeah i completely agree um so where can people find you if they want to start a podcast or they want somebody to start managing their podcast so podpreneur.co.uk is um is is the website uh where i'm most active would be funnily enough clubhouse where i am every every day um where you can every find day, me at every day 10 o'clock at podpreneur Alex and Sabrina show. I've just had a call with Sabrina in, in Mexico. Um, or it's Instagram where it's at Alex Chisnell underscore, um, which is the easiest way to probably contact me directly. Other than come to Clubhouse, jump on stage and say hi. Hi, Alex. Help me with my podcast, please. <laughs> which, we, which we do get sometimes as well. So, yeah. And we regularly have Clubhouse rooms all about starting podcasts. So definitely follow the Alex and Sabrina show because you'll get some 
very good tips along the way from that too. So I end the podcast with the eight mile moment. I don't give a shit what anyone thinks about me. I love Eminem and he does all of his rap battles by saying the worst things about him. He's skinny, he's white, his mum lives in a trailer. So his opponent can't say anything bad back to him. So Alex, what's the worst thing about you? The worst, by the way, I love, I love Eminem. I literally do so many of my reels on Instagram to um, Eminem. Uh, the worst thing about me, God, you know, what? I've, ne- I've never, God, you've got me now. What's the worst, what's the worst thing about me? Um, God, you've, you've, has anyone not given you an answer to this before? I'll tell you afterwards what the funniest one was. <laughs> the funniest one. Um, oh God, let me think. Um, I actually one of these people who's very comfortable in my own skin. Um, so I would say um, I've just been running. So I'll just say my my little legs, my little skinny, skinny legs. <laughs> Your little skinny legs are the worst thing about you. That's fine. I'll just have to ask your wife. She'll have a better one than that. Oh yeah, without without a shadow of a doubt. Do you mean like my the worst habit or something like that? Yeah, what's your worst habit? Oh, what's my worst habit? Um, God, there's gonna be there's gonna be loads of those for sure. Um, my worst habit. Um, she told me I started snoring, which is I never knew that. Oh, have you? Yeah. All the We've got this new bed. It actually looks very similar to your headboard, funnily enough. It's a big grey thing, um, which is which is literally here. But it's literally like Princess and the Pig. It's about eight foot tall off the floor. And it is like the most comfortable thing I've ever had in our lives. We've like, literally just had this and it's clearly changed my, my sleeping habits. It's obviously so comfortable that I literally just lie on my back just like going. No, we might have noise. the same bed because my husband's six foot five and this thing is like huge. I have to get, he always says to me, do you need a stepladder for that? That's <laughs> literally like this. You need a, cr- a crane me in and drop me in there. <laughs> Can't complain. It's beautifully, deliciously comfortable and that's fine by me. Well, you spend so much time in it, you might as well spend a few pounds on it, eh? No, exactly. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Alex. You are welcome. Big love to Eminem as well when you see him next. <laughs> yes, I know. I could do with a meet-up with Eminem. Eminem, thanks for coming on the podcast. Why not? Yes, ask. I Why should not? start sending out messages to people like him because you never know who would say yes. It's insane, you know, the world podcast. It's all in the follow-up. It's all in the follow-up. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And as always, if anyone else wants to be on the podcast, you can contact us at podcast at find-surveyors.co.uk. Say goodbye, Alex. Bye. Pleasure being on. Thank you for asking me. Bye. Bye.